We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Sam, listeners, Lightyear's podcast, do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. Wow, that's amazing. That way you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open up a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment and made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. Oh, is this, what's, what's going on here? Is he, uh, is he stressed out, you know? Typical Sam stuff, you know. I can never tell if you're stressed <laughs> out, which is usually probably a yes. I usually um, text with all caps when I'm texting from my computer, <laughs> um, and I'm just kind of like energetic. It's nothing like it's it's nothing. It's nothing more than like you know. Hey, let's go. Do you like? Do you know how like periods works? And like you, you're not a LOL kind of texter, right? Because you know how like if you text. It's like if you don't do an LOL in the end, it's like, oh, he's fucking serious or like he's being passive aggressive or shit like that. You know, like stupid, <laughs> stupid like text etiquette, you know, it's like a it's like a real thing. Yeah, my biggest issue is, is I'll kind of type too fast on my phone and it'll autocorrect to like the wrong word and oh, it makes no sense. <laughs> oh, I know. And then how do you like yeah, anyway, I don't even by the way, you don't you you don't watch hockey. You know that most of hockey is that you just throw the puck at the at the net and like you hope it hits something or you get like the then like redirects right or you get like an offensive rebound and just knock it in and i'm starting to think like what's the strategy here And with that, we're going to start the Light Years podcast. Um, so you have us, Fandiari, Andy Lou here. I like what you're doing the intros now. It's way, it's way better. It's just way smoother. Andy, on a scale of one to Bernie Madoff, how fraudulent are the Houston Rockets? <laughs> now that 
was about as perfect an ending the Warriors could have possibly Warriors fans could have possibly asked for in that game six. Could, could you tell me something better? I cannot. I cannot think of something better. And it's all of it. It's Clay's first half. It's Iguodala reminding everyone how goddamn good he is. It's Steph struggling and still coming through in the clutch. It's Harden doing exactly what he's done for his entire career, put up huge numbers and make the softest plays when it's winning time. Um, I don't know. I, I can keep going. It was basically fan fiction for Light Years listeners. It was. Let's start with, uh, I don't know, it doesn't matter where we start with, but you you just said James Harden soft turnovers at the end. I just thought of that turnover where like he's two feet behind the line and it's like, I'm not so much like, hey, you know, mid-range this, mid-range that. Just make the right play. And he's just out here, tries to draw the foul, throws it to the corner, and turns it over. Sean Livingston gets the layup on the other end. It's like, that's the type of play. The Warriors have thought the Rockets are easy to guard for years. People think the Warriors are arrogant. They are. But it, it really comes down to the fact when you're so obsessed with the numbers and playing the analytics, you don't play the game, you know? Like, we all understand taking more threes, getting more shots at the rim, going to give you a better offense. You're going to win more games over the course of the season. But you can't approach playoff games with that mindset. Sometimes you just have to to play the game. You can't be like, I can't take this shot. I can't, you know, I got it. And it becomes so telegraphed what they want to do. Exactly. Sometimes it's like, well, just play to get whatever shot you can get because, you know, there's five minutes left in the game and every shot counts now. Just because you toss up, you know, a contested three or like a quick three from like Gerald Green does not mean that it's a good shot in those cases because every shot matters more. And it's like that toughness matters. In my opinion, that's like mental toughness. It's like it's a bailout, right? It's a bailout if you just chuck up a shot and say, well, the math says to do this and so we're going to do that every time. It's no, it's the Warriors, like they try so hard to get those shots, to get good shots, to make the right plays. And the Rockets, for them. And then this is maybe where Kerr allowing Clay to take 100, 200, 18 footers in December because he couldn't hit a three and because they were overplaying him. Maybe that's smart. Maybe he was right. I mean, we hated watching it, but it's the kind of thing where like, in the long run, having that versatility and just kind of playing the game reward itself instead of just like drilling it in his head to keep shooting 25 footers. No. And and do you think like the Warriors, if, if like, even if Steve Kerr was like, Hey, you guys just chuck up 53s a game. Like I think end of the day, Clay Thompson, Steph Curry, these guys, Kevin Durant are the type of players to be like, well, even so we're not just going to shoot a dumbass three. Like we're still going to find, that shot, that good shot, even if it's a pull-up, you know, 15-footer because I don't have a three. I don't have a good look at a three. Let's just get some type of good shot. But more importantly, man, I think it's the defense. I think when the Warriors lock in on defense, they they hunted the Houston Rockets and, and just they locked, them, they locked them up to a point where it's, oh, my goodness. Like, that is a 2015-16 Warriors. Draymond Green, Andre Godala, Clay Thompson – they shut everything down. I thought James Harden was okay at 35, but I don't think he was that great. 
Well, and you they're just cool with Harden getting 35 on the amount of attempts he got. It's like they'd ra- they'd be cool with him getting 40 to be honest. They don't really care. They they don't want PJ Tucker hitting five catch and shoot threes. Eric Gordon hitting five or six. They like their their whole thing is like, "Man, I don't care what your box score looks like. You cannot beat us." If it's just you. you. Um but on the hard note, I have a conspiracy theory for you that someone shared with me. I'll Maybe I'll tell you oh after boy. the podcast afterwards who. Oh, I thought you were going to throw it on the podcast. Can you? No, I, I am. I'm gonna, I'm just not going to say who it came from. They think math is an excuse for Harden, who's always shook in these moments. So it's easier for him to say, well, that's what they want me to do. That's what the math says. Then to actually make a play because he's not dumb. He knows, like, he can see open spots on the court. He can see all this stuff. They think it's a complete excuse so he doesn't have to deal with his quote-unquote demons. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. So what's the, uh, like, what's he doing, though, like, that you, you're you saying is, like, the, the math play? I think game one was the perfect example. When he tried to draw a foul on a three instead <laughs> of just take it, trying to get a bucket, you know? Like, that sort of stuff. Yeah, I can see that, and it, and it failed. And he did that last year. Remember Game Seven, um, and he he didn't get a couple calls with those threes, and it kind of got him shook. I mean, they're still up ten, but then it's, and you know the other thing. Well, actually, I'll let you expand it, it, the on The only this. reason, the only reason I'll give this conspiracy theory credence is, I mean, Harden plays a lot of pickup ball. He plays. I mean, he just plays a lot of ball. He's one of the most talented players I've ever seen. He knows what every Hooper knows, which is. If the ref's Whoa. not calling it, you just you adapt and you play through it. And he like plays with such a disdain for that that he goes the opposite way that it feels like a cop out. Do you get what I'm saying? That's that honest basketball we're talking about. And, and we're so frustrated by it. And now it's not even so much like trying to draw fouls at this point. It's like just play the way that that the game is just played by everyone else. Not the way it's supposed to be played, but we watch, you know, Dame Lillard, we watch Nikola Jokic, we just watched that great series. Kawhi Leonard, Sixers. You know, it comes down to it, and those guys play in a way that's just normal basketball. And every game takes a life of its own, you know? Like, some games you feel more comfortable with your outside shot than others. Some games the refs are letting you get away with certain things that they aren't. And that's kind of always been what separated the best players. Like by the second quarter, you kind of realize how the game's flowing and what you need to do to get the win that night. Right. Yeah. And uh, it, it's tough. It's tough um, watching him and watching him out there. It's just like the trickiest part for me is you look at the box score. We just went over this. You look at the box score and you look at Steph's let's we look at Steph's box score and we're like, well Steph had 33 and they pretty much have the same numbers if Harden doesn't have the same numbers. And you watch the game. I hate to be that guy. <laughs> you watch the game and the impact that Steph has in winning time in that fourth quarter is just so much higher. Yeah, and I mean I feel like this is um this is going to sound – first off, let me, let me back this up. I'm not saying I buy that conspiracy theory. I'm just saying that was said to me, and I thought it was interesting enough. Food for thought. To your, your point on the numbers, this is um, this is kind of something that's irked me with analytics for a while is um, 
people will rely on them to the point where they they can't contextualize what they're watching. Um, I actually thought like you saw that quote from Jackie McMullen on leaving LeBron off of All NBA. Who I wish you could read it, but yes, I saw that. And my mentions have been twenty eight eight and eight. How do you leave him off the team? And I'm like, I'm not saying you should or you shouldn't, but you know, twenty eight eight and eight sounds better than what KD what Giannis, what Kawhi did this year, but he was nowhere near them in terms of class of player. But, you know, you can walk into numbers. All I'm saying is every game, the score ends up in the hundreds. And if you're talented enough, you can manipulate it for your numbers. It does not necessarily mean you're impacting the game in a way to help your team win at the highest level. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the the crux of uh, Russell Westbrook. Yeah, that's, a, that's right? the most obvious example. When he had example. that MVP season. That's the best one, yeah, where it's like, let's contextualize the numbers here and let's talk about the actual impact that you're making and whether you're like playing for the numbers and playing for the accolades or you're playing for actually, oh, wait. Oh, another great Sam tweet that I was, as I'm saying it, <laughs> for the love of the game. <laughs> Walked right into that one, bro. Uh, for love of the game or love of the fame, more than love of the game. Gotta love it, man. It's That's just... Uh, and, and and we know this. Th- any of the top fifteen players, really, any of the top ten players, and all the guys we're mentioning are top ten guys. They're so talented; they can manipulate the game for their numbers when they want to. And people eat it up too, though. Right? Like, exactly. People eat up, and that's the good thing about Steph. Because I'm going to shift this thing over. Because I was very happy. Let's get back on topic. Let's get, I was very <laughs> happy about this, as you know, as everyone knows, that Steph, who. After the game said, you know, we do this for the best player in the world, Kevin Durant. You know, he truly – can you imagine if it was me or you being him? Like, dude, I would be so pissed that Kevin Durant, you know, it was his offense. He's getting all the stuff. I'd be, like, kind of annoyed. And But he seems like he truly does not care. His thing is, like, dude, just tell me what I need to do. Tell me what makes people happy. I'll do it as long as we win. As long as we win, I will do whatever needs to be done. I do not care what Nick Wright has to say. That does not matter to me. I just want to win basketball games. And if that means Kevin Durant gets told us, gets talked about as best player and he gets 30 shots a game, so be it. And Kevin Durant gets hurt and Steph Curry takes over in the fourth quarter and then takes over in the second half of an el- elimination game on the road. And it's like, that's the type of player. Like, is there any player that you can think of in NBA history? That's Tim Duncan like that? is the only one I can think yeah. of, but Duncan just by virtue of being kind of like a more defensive minded big man, it's it's a different thing when you're an on the ball star. Um, and maybe it shouldn't be, but just kind of like the, the way it goes. Um, that actually ties in perfect. Cause I was going to bring this up. Uh, Steph said after game six on Kerr, he keeps it real with us. There was a moment tonight where I had my second foul uh, after I fouled James on a three mm. and saw the board. He had put Quinn cook in. Obviously, I had a reaction to that. I walked into the coach's huddle. He keeps it real with us. He's like, how can I trust you not to get your third when you know how big this game is and you put yourself in a situation like that to get your second foul? So I got to make a decision to put Quinn in. Um, he And then he keeps going on. He goes, obviously, I didn't like it. But we have a strong relationship where he knows I'm not going to lose my confidence in that moment. And whenever I get back on the floor, good things will happen. That built over time, him and his entire staff, great vibe. They bring the best out of us. That's why we are who we are. 
I think that sums up Steph. I can't think of any other top 10 player. Uh, love of five. Who would be comfortable with that? Go through them. LeBron, no. KD, definitely no. no. Westbrook, no. no. Um, Harden, <laughs> no chance. Kawhi, okay, maybe. Uh, <laughs> Kawhi's not, Kawhi's not going to reach. No, That's you're right. No, I, I... <laughs> right. <laughs> right, and, and that, that, that's the other thing about Steph, right? He's probably the only guy here on the top 10, top 20 that actually gets in foul trouble because he's so ridiculous with his reaching. But the point is taken because it's not just about that example. It's about his attitude as a person, right? Yeah, but even like I was going to say, even Kawhi, I mean, Kawhi basically demanded out of San Antonio. So <laughs> it's not like he was, yeah. you know, I, he was coachable up to a point. And then he's just like, yeah, I've got over it. Yeah. No, that that's Steph is the only person where it's like he's willing to be coached. He's willing to be, he's willing to sacrifice. He's willing to do all these things because he's like in his head in that moment. He's probably like, well, Steve Kerr probably knows what's best for me. He probably knows what's gonna make what's gonna allow this team to win, and that's not letting me in because I'm gonna pick up another foul. And so, you know how we talk about Steph's sacrifice, and I'm, I'm gonna tie this in. Everyone always gives LeBron credit for player empowerment. Arguably, Steph's biggest sacrifice is sacrificing the fact that he could call his own shots like other superstars do. And he doesn't because he knows it's for the betterment of the team that he buys in. He knows that it it's the only reason Kerr is able to coach because the quote unquote best guy, the guy who started the whole thing, is willing to hear it. You know, Jordan Bell can't say anything. If Steph Curry is willing to be coached, right? Yeah, I mean that's uh, yeah Jordan Bell. That's another story. He was great too, but that's exactly it. That's uh, it's one of the things where it's like it almost kind of keeps Draymond in line too. Draymond kind of crosses it sometimes, but it's like Dr- Steph is probably the is is Steph the only guy that Draymond really doesn't yell at? Like, can you think of like I feel like Draymond probably goes off on any person, but I don't think he goes at Steph. That is kind of my favorite thing. Um, Draymond will yell at everyone. And then when Steph reaches, he wants to yell so bad. And he just kind of goes with like the eye roll, like, Steph, no. You know, <laughs> like he he's trying to fight his worst impulses. And, and that's the um, – and Steph on the other side, I think Steph is probably the only guy that loves Draymond the way that he does. Because I, I know you probably know that it's not like the rest of the players love Draymond. They love playing with him. But it's not like they love him as a person. They don't love him in the moment, <laughs> for sure. And I, I think that's uh, it's one of those. If it if it works, I mean, you you get it. If if what Draymond's doing in terms of leadership and being combative with you works, in a couple months afterwards, you're like, yeah, you know, we we went to battle together. He made it. You know, he brought the best out of me, and it was great. But in the moment, you're like, I kind of want to kill this guy. <laughs> um. Yeah, Draymond. Should we talk about Draymond? Because that was that was uh, that Draymond pick and roll. I want to. Yeah, let's let's talk Draymond, and then I want to talk Andre Ooh. Iguodala. Uh, Draymond pick and roll. Ten pick. I think Nate Duncan tweeted out ten pick and rolls to the last few minutes of the game. Five minutes, I think. Scored on eight of them, um, and then Clay missed an open three, and uh, Draymond got fouled at the rim. But those. I mean, I, ten pick and rolls. I was and. Unstoppable. Looks, Draymond had that one play where he set a pick and roll, and then he got the ball on the wing, and then passed it back to Steph for three. Like one of the smartest play, one of the smartest players you'll ever see, man. And, and that was just. And he looks so good now that he's <laughs> in like his peak shape. Um, 
And someone posed this more to theories, you, so more theories, more hot takes. One. Would you pay Draymond knowing that you're going to get like the lazy regular season effort yes, if you yes. get this guy every playoffs? Yes. Sam, I've been telling you, for people, our loyal listeners know, Sam wanted Draymond gone. He was practically begging for him to leave. No, that's that. This is a mischaracterization. This is this is like aggregation, fake news. No less than a month ago, Sam. I never said Evan Fournier. You, you like me? I mean, first off, amazing <laughs> random name to throw out there. Uh, <laughs> you wanted him gone. I was always on the Draymond train. Just I, I, I didn't know if he was going to be this great. Certainly didn't really see it coming. But I just this is the guy I want on my team. I was just questioning how, if this guy still existed. Um, I would have no issue paying him if he was as diligent about his body as Andre Godala. But my question was always the way Draymond is like, you know, once he turns 30, it's already hard enough to play that game at his size. Then you got to really start taking care of your body. And it's always tough because you'll never find a player who fits Stephen Clay better. Like you just won't, you know, like he is the perfect fit next to them. Right. Perfect fit. And really the, um, the emotional leader. We talk about this so much, but on defense, he made that play against Clint Capella, and I thought it was a foul. I thought I thought they called a foul, but you look at the replay; it's all ball. And I'm looking at it, and I'm just like, that's the type of play that you can see Houston. You can see their heads. You can see the body. Houston, one of the body language teams that you can say, hey, they're just like collapsing here. Um, and you can see that type of play come, and you can see Harden kind of like loaf around. You can see CP3 start jumping up and down, hands in the air, right? That's the type of play where it's like you can just deflate a team, and Draymond is so good at that. You know, they're playing Portland here in the next round, and remember that game in a couple of years ago where Draymond had like six blocks, um, and he blocked like Ed Davis right at the rim and like in that closeout game? He just deflates a team on defense. He just completely takes over, and – even Durant can't do that. And Durant's more talented. He's taller. He's longer. But he doesn't have that. I mean, he's a savant. So it really, for me, with him, it's always been a question of how long the physical holds up. And it's not just being in shape. It's also like, I mean, he's 6'6". Six, six. He's a 6'6 six, six center. And... Max him. No. First off, don't even max Clay. Um, relax. Okay, relax. Okay. Clay's getting the max. No. Bob will get He's Bob will get him discounted, even if it's like 190 mil. What do you think gets like one million off? You think that's that's the? Uh, that's I don't the think he gets there? close to 190. You don't think what's what's the closest that Clay can get? What's the highest that Clay can get from another team from the Lakers? Four. I want to say 140. And so five 190 is what the Warriors can get him. Yeah, I, and that's a huge gulf, and he's not good enough to justify that. Um, I think they're going to end up getting him for like a shade over what other teams can offer as a goodwill effort, but nowhere near that 190. By the way, it's painfully obvious his agent is the one who keeps leaking stuff. Oh yeah, to put him in the news. Oh, yeah. Um, he's going to get paid. He'll get like, he'll be fine. It's it's just like this is the thing. I think fans sometimes miss. Um. It's not that I care about saving luxury tax dollars. It's that if we assume KD leaves, they need every dollar they can save just to like 
eke out a little room to add those marginal pieces that make them better. And I think that's important. Well, I mean, I mean, Iguodala's retiring after this season. So, yeah, but it's not going to really, it's not going to clear up space. space. I mean, we're, we're not going to go full dunked on with the cap breakdown, but it just kind of like, it does behoove. Here's the funny thing. If KD stays, it makes more sense to pay Clay the full max just, you know, for for whatever. Because if if KD stays, they're going to be just in the tax so much, it doesn't really matter what they pay their own guys. Uh, if he leaves, you want to, quote unquote, get the best deal you can to try to have just a couple dollars here and there to add a, um, I, I guess, like a player better than Quinn Cook, a player a little better than Jonas Drebko, like that sort of stuff. When you're selling online, getting your orders out can be a real pain. Time-consuming, expensive, so many carriers to choose from. How do you know you're making the best choice? What do you need? That's why you need ShipStation.com. Or ShipStation at ShipStation.com. It's the fastest, easiest, and most affordable way to manage and ship your orders. ShipStation helps you get orders out quickly, save money on shipping costs, and keep your customers happy. No matter where you're selling it, Amazon, Etsy, your own website... ShipStation brings all your orders into one simple interface, making them real easy to manage from any device, uh, even your cell phone. But right now, Blue Wire Podcast, shout out Kevin Jones. Our listeners can try ShipStation free for 60 days when you use promo code BLUE, B-L-U-E. There's absolutely no risk. You can start your free trial without even entering your credit card info. So uh, ShipStation works with all of the major carriers, including USPS, FedEx, UPS, and even Amazon fulfillment. So you can compare and choose the best shipping solution for you and your customer. No wonder Shipping Station is the number one choice of online sellers. You'll ship more in less time and the best rates possible. Just, just visit ShipStation.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, and type in blue. ShipStation.com, it's kind of, kind of tough to say. Enter promo code blue, B-L-U-E, shipstation.com make ship happen we'll see we are definitely not doing a dunked on lewd on uh podcast this week so let's uh try to segue to godala for you sam yeah so that's the one at, well it actually ties in perfect to the cap thing because it's man i mean he's 35 he looks he's, he's just he's so good I, I don't know what else to say he Five threes. Five threes. How many amazing high IQ plays did he make? I mean, he is he a better player than Chris Paul? Oh God, I don't know about that. Um, in in two thousand nineteen, not like in their primes, because in Chris Paul's prime, he was you know ridiculous, right? That was Chris Paul's best game, and that was Iguodala's best game. Who do you think was more impactful Iguodala. that game? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's hard to say. Just, I mean, he's because Chris Paul is phenomenal. Yeah, he was really good. Um, l- let me put it this way: it, it's the, closer mm-hmm. than it should be. And yes. I don't know that Andre so, can Chris dial Paul, up to that level on this consistent base. I mean, if he could shoot forty, well, Chris Paul. Can't yeah, either. that's true. Um, but Chris Paul's going to be a more reliable shooter over the long run than Iguodala. Yeah, but Iguodala's guarding your best player, right? He Iguodala was the best defensive player on James Harden, in my opinion, and it was not. Yeah, even it close. wasn't close. Um, and his passing, like, I mean, he's just he's just so smart, and that's the thing. I think like most teams are would kill to have 
in Iguodala or Draymond, having both of them is just ridiculous. That's what that's what makes it just pop so fast. And then you throw in Steph, who 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 plays that same style, but it's a little. I mean, th- God, they're fun to watch. Steph's just such a good shooter. You forget the fact that he's like such a quick passer too, right? God, yeah. I mean, they play tic tac toe. Bogut had some nice passes. Here's the thing about Iguodala too. That's that's fun to to watch. Uh, the Warriors team, a team with a fetish for dumb turnovers. Andre Iguodala, not the guy for those dumb turnovers. The smartest guy on the team and the most careful with the ball. He is methodical with the way he passes, and he really calms that team down. Yeah, I can't. I can't think of a game he's had like a, a three or four dumb turnover game. Like you, you might have to go back to like 2014 or something, you know. He's like the get calm the dad or, or whatever, but he just he's out on the floor. He makes every single right play. Besides, you know, when he has to go to the rim, he does some stupid shit because that's the only thing he can't do. But he just makes every single right play. I don't know what else to say. And you, you're you get frustrated. I get frustrated with Steph Curry's passing, Draymond Green's passing, Clay Thompson's dribbling, <laughs> Kevin dribbling. Durant's isoing. <laughs> <laughs> like it's like it all gets frustrating with Andre Godala. I got full trust, full trust. Anytime he has the ball, he makes the right play. And in the post, except for when he's going, like except for when he's going need. for a layup in traffic. <laughs> well, yeah, we don't want it. Yeah, yeah. Did you see that? Like yeah. there was one play, I think that game where he like Euro stepped, and it was like, dude, just. Go. But then you're like, you can't really get that mad because it's like, well, that's the only thing he can't do. <laughs> it's really, it's really bizarre. Uh, because do you remember young Andre? Young Andre, I mean, he won. He was one of the most athletic players in the league, (laughs) and um, at that point, he just couldn't hit a jump shot. So, like, he could always pass, and he could always get to the rim. And he used to make his free throws at like a pretty good, like about the free throws. Yeah, I don't know. I I don't get how guys drop off with free throws. Like we're seeing it with Westbrook right now. It's just weird. Yeah. But that's kind of preventing him, right, from like from from going to the hole fearlessly because he's like, well, probably only going to make one or two free throws. I mean, I'm probably going to make zero or one free throw. It's it's that's tough. So, um, but that game, talk about it. Talk about how great he was because uh, I just don't know how the Warriors replace this. There's no way. Even if Kevin Durant stays, there's just no way. He's like the um. He's like that Manu Ginobili of the uh, of the. That's the easy comparison, right? Of the Spurs, he's like the guy that comes in and Ginobili was a scorer. He was a flashy scorer, but Iguodala he just jump starts the team in a way. It's like he is the reason why that death lineup, like is is started, right? And he's like they put him in, they give him a start, and all of a sudden it's like, like you can't go up against this small ball lineup all series. If they're healthy, you have no shot. You have no shot against a small ball lineup because too many smart players, too many defenders. And he scored 17 points. And that's when it's like when they doubled Steph every single time. And this is the impact that nobody talks about. They double Steph. He passes to Draymond. Draymond gets it to Iguodala. Instead of an alley-oop, they got him for five threes. And if he's making those, like when he was the finals MVP, they're unstoppable. Yeah, and it's um, – let's take this back to Steph. Having the patience to keep making the right play when he was having kind of a nightmare first half individually to not press – is a big reason they won. I mean, Andre hit the shots uh, and that's the most important thing. Like none of it matters if Andre goes one for six. Right. Um, But it's really hard to be 
a guy of Steph's caliber and kind of just, I mean, how many shots did he take in the first half? Was it five total? Like he didn't get a lot of shots up period. Yeah. They, they took the ball out of his hands. He trusted his teammates to make the right play. He has some very smart teammates who can't make the right play, but just the patience. I thought, I thought that's the biggest thing that stuck with me for the whole game. It was, um, knowing the moment, knowing how to dial up while still being patient. That's a very hard thing to do. That's something I don't know that they could have done three years ago. Three years ago, they were a little more brash, a little more explosive. Now they're reaching that veteran team where they're like, they both sense the moment while having patience in the moment. That's, I mean, we can take it back to 2016. LeBron had the patience in the moment while knowing the situation in a way they didn't, right? They are now that team. I mean, we've all seen it. The Spurs were that way uh, when they were older. The the Celtics with KG were that way. I mean, they're reaching veteran team status. Yeah, I love that. That that poise, that experience that nobody else has. Like the Nuggets don't have, right? So I think I, I tweeted that this was kind of like, their atonement for 2016 because in 2016 they were banged up and they were in opposing stadium and they couldn't find a way to win. They didn't have this poise because like you were saying, they're pretty cocky and they didn't, they thought they wouldn't lose and there was no kind of fear in them. And now they have that, like, man, we've lost before. We've lost the worst possible way you can lose. You can't beat us. You can't hurt us any more than we've been hurt. Right. You also, we also know that you can't beat us because we've beat you before a million times. And now they've got that confidence. They've got that fear. They've got that like experience that it's like, dude, it's game six elimination game. We lose. We just go back home and play game seven. We've done that a million times. Well, like three times, but like we've done it before, right? You haven't. And we've won before you haven't. So it's like the warriors are that team. And it's like, when you talk about the NBA finals, we're, we're I'm leaping here, but like you, let's say the, the warriors play the bucks. And it goes to a game six. The young up and coming yep. team who in many yep. ways reminds me of the Warriors in 15. Like it's, it's a very, I mean, everyone's made that Ooh. analogy, Ooh. but it's like when you see that sort of talent and not from a style um, perspective, but go ahead. No, of course not. I mean, because Giannis, Giannis and Steph could not be. Yeah, they've got young LeBron. Yep. Um, I don't even like that comp, but we'll, we'll run with it. Um, <laughs> I just think it's like unfair to Giannis and also to LeBron's LeBron. better. Well, they're just different. Well, I mean, Giannis I can, I mean, Giannis is a lot big. Giannis is three inches taller. And anyway, we don't need to go down that path. Um, we will in a couple of weeks, but go ahead. Yeah. I was just going to say, but I mean, that's a young team who plays together, but hasn't quote unquote been in those moments. Um, and the Warriors are going to go in as the opposite team. They're going to go in as kind of the the, the vet squad who's been there. Yep. Um, and this was always going to happen with this team. Like, you know, at some point they they stop from being the cute, young, up-and-coming team to being like the vet established team. Yep. Yep. And they're going to be the they're going to be the guy that wins like one or two games a series, and they should have had no, you know, they should have had no reason to win that game. Like they'll be down by like 15 before the end of the third, and they'll close it out with like a 10-0 run. Right, like that type of that type of stuff, where it's like, well, now it's a five point game. Now they're in striking distance. Now they'll steal the game in the fourth, right? When it's obvious that like Giannis has taken over and he's got like forty five points, but they just lose the game because they're too young, 
and they just don't understand what it takes to win. Like what it takes to win is a real, real thing. I, I just don't know how you can account for that in analytics. Not Neither an anti-analytics we're, we're both, Do we're not both care. children and Love immigrants. It. We, we understand the value of math to success. <laughs> <laughs> understand that in, in real life because you can – math, science, right? Those are factual things that you can't argue and they're they're helpful. But winning time, it's a real thing, man. Like it's a real thing and – like your uh, whoever told you about that theory, James Harden and Chris Paul, they do not have it. I don't think Chris Paul will ever have it. I think James Harden may find it Chris, someday. Chris Paul is just wild but, too uh, tight. The Warriors and now it. he's reaching the point where – I mean, he's 34. He's, he doesn't matter He was much. actually yep. really good in that game six. So we'll give him that. Let's, let's move this forward. We did 30 minutes. I mean, we could probably go oh, three hours. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> it felt like that was five minutes. What do you, uh, we got, we got uh, what do you want to do? Like mailbag? Um, I think we have different opinions on this. Okay, right, preview. So you, you want me to go first, or what, my yeah, thoughts on the series, me, and we'll go with yours. Let me think. So let's let's start okay. with this. Kerr cautioned us on KD. He did basically. God, uh, sharks lost. By the way, sorry. Go ahead. Poor sharks. Um, <laughs> when do you think KD will be back? Uh, I think it depends on. Uh, I think it depends on how the Warriors do. I think uh, if they lose, if it's like two one, or if they're down zero one, uh, he'll be back like game three or four. If they win three in a row, he's not coming back. So basically, uh, you're I saying if they simple. if they don't take care of home court, he may he'll be back for three or four. Uh, I think four most likely. If they yeah. take care of home court, they may. Um, they're going to try to stretch it. Yeah. I don't know. Kurt, well, you, you Kurt agree, today, right? well, it's it's hard to tell how serious he is because this is the time of year when there's zero incentive to give honest updates with injuries, right? Um, So he, he said, you know, he hasn't even been on the court, so he's not that close. You guys, quote unquote, you know, don't get your hopes up type of thing that like, I, or just don't expect him to play on. He's not playing... Uh, game one and he basically said he's not playing game two yeah basically our game two i can see them also if they go up 3-0 which is very possible that they bring him back for game four to ease him in before the finals just kind of get him a game um make sure he looks good you know make sure he doesn't re-aggravate anything um and just to get him going uh but kd is someone that fr- from his okc days i've noticed that he doesn't need uh warm-up games He'll come back from injuries. He'll drop thirty, but that's not surprising. He's coming. I mean, he's he's so effortless with what he does. Yeah, he's just he's just so easy. But you know, I could see that coming. I I think um, I think I was very surprised that it leaked uh, that Demarcus Cousins might come back. I was very surprised by that. Why there was no incentive, like you just said, for them to tweet for them to to leak that. But again, that wasn't Warriors media. That was Mark Stein, which is one of the most you know credited. <laughs> Reporters out there, so I'm surprised that was came out. I think it's, I think it's um, on the boogie front. He has a lot of incentive to show mm. that his injury is not serious because his rehab went okay. about as well as possible. Sources, I mean, Sam sources. I haven't seen a guy come off. Oh, I, no, this, this is just oh, me okay. reading the okay. tea leaves. Yeah, he came off of the Achilles and looked about as good as yep. anyone has ever looked, and to have this, you know. He was expecting to get a big payday this summer and to have an injury in the first round of the playoffs Awful. on the same leg. It's so it's it's probably trying to say he just, you know, he had a minor setback at the worst time, but this shouldn't affect your decision making in terms of pursuing him in the summer. 
which is what we kind of all thought when he went down. You're like, man, the dude had a perfect comeback and he's going to get paid and, you know, good for him. And now it's I like, hope man, so. he might not. I hope so. I hope he comes back. Um, but, but back to the series, my thoughts are this. They don't need either of those guys to win the series. I think this series is a cakewalk. They've won it before. We just talked about how they're veterans now. They're poised. They still have a high ceiling. Uh, as long as Steph stays healthy, I think that ankle is you know, better. I think Clay's got some days to rest. That finger looks a little fucked up, but I think he'll be fine. I just think that after playing a team that pushed them like that defensively, the amount of breathing room that they're going to get going up against McCollum and Dame and you know the likes of Enos Cantor, it's got a joke, right? And then I think, I think McCollum and Dame, I think McCollum yeah. and Dame are a problem though. I think they they're keep getting, James Harden. They keep getting better. They're not James Harden. It, it's not even close. I I think they're they're, not scarier they're scarier than, than James, James Harden. James honestly. Harden. They will they will step into a mid range J- shot they, if you give it to them. James Harden is James it. Harden average. They will do a lot that series, like thirty five, right? Yeah, but how much right, do you have the ball fair, in his hands? But I don't, I don't expect Amino like how much, to do anything. How, so I expect McCollum and Lillard to just shoot at just as much. That's true. So that's true. They're they're gonna try to get those guys going at least once. They'll get hot because that's who they it's are. A, you know, maybe game three in Port, maybe game three in Portland. Harkless goes. You it, know, four. It, for here's seven the thing, though. Here, here's the thing. Like here's that, the right? thing. Here's the biggest part. I don't You're see. Well, about here's stuff. the biggest thing that I, I I see as the issue for Portland. The one thing that Houston does, it they push it away from a Steph offense, um, and they make it a KD offense, which they can stop easier. For Portland, if let's say KD comes back game four and the Warriors are up two one, whatever they give a game away, it doesn't matter whether it's a Steph offense or a KD offense. They're not stopping shit. Like Mo Harkless against Kevin Durant is a joke, right? That's thirty. I'm a big Amino. Curry, I'm a big Amino fan. Roll, I'm a big Amino fan. <laughs> Amino's good. So I mean, that's my point there, man. It's it's Amino's gonna get his head cut off by Durant. Like, come Amino's on, Amino's good, We've man. Seen this Amino's a good defender. You know who else is good? Kevin Durant is good. I mean, yes, that's that's <laughs> also a fair point. Um, okay, go ahead, Sam. What's your point? Get, okay, get, get, get my your concern. Take out. I know you're, you can't wait. My concern is Andre Iguodala played forty minutes. In game six, Andre Iguodala is playing a lot of minutes right now. The only player I'm actually not concerned about minutes wise is probably Draymond because he he's like an energizer bunny, especially now that he you know he did his tummy tea diet and he's in great shape. So um, I, I'm mostly concerned about wear and tear on the core guys, uh, and this is where you know. Everyone focuses on KD's offense, but KD covers a lot of holes on defense. Even if he doesn't always defend at the highest level, you can play him in like six different roles, and it's going to be better than McKinney. It's going to be better than Sean Livingston. You know what I'm saying? Um, you can put some random guys at center if he's next to him, and and you'll get some rim protection. Um, you know, it doesn't mean he he doesn't defend as well as Draymond. But it's th- their strength in numbers is really just strength and versatility of of KD of Draymond and stuff like that. Um, and you're losing a guy who can fill like three different roles. I, I just think it's going to lead to potential overextension of minutes. And what I really don't want is them to have to go six plus games against Portland and then roll into like. A young Let Milwaukee you team. That's that's basically what my, con- my concerns are wear and tear. Let me ask you this. 
Do you think Andrew Bogut can play this series? Not really, because the minute you don't think he can play against Enos Cantor. I'm not worried about him guarding Cantor. I'm worried about the minute he's on the floor, Dame's going to put him in a high pick and roll. CJ's going to put him in a high pick and roll. Andrew Bogut started and played 12 minutes in game six against James Harden and Chris Paul. I'm really not worried about that. I mean, that. that's the most he's going to give you against Portland, too. It's fine. That's kind of why that's I wanted fine. Denver, because, like, they're going to – I mean, he's – Jokic is significantly better than Cantor, but they're going to – That's fine, right? He's still playing. They're not going to have to go small ball, right? Can Jonas Jarebko play? Yes. I guess a few minutes. Can Alfonso McKinney play? Yes. That's already three guys off the bench that can play. I mean, but they, they don't, can they're Quinn not Cook consistent play? at all, man. I, but here's the thing Seth Curry, Ronnie Hood, Zach Collins. Don't forget my guy. On, game seven hero, Evan Turner. Who else? Who else? Evan Turner. <laughs> like, okay. Like, the Warriors bench is trash. I get it. I agree with you. But. I'll take them against the Portland bench. Like I'll take them to to win some minutes at home, right? I'll I'll take them, and I I don't think Andre Iguodala's playing forty minutes a game this series. Right? I don't think they need to overextend those minutes. Now I think you're right. If they end up choking a couple games and this series goes six, then it's like, well, you shouldn't have played those extra games. Um, so I get it. But outside of that, I don't think that Kerr's going to be playing, for example, Steph more than like forty two minutes. I don't see it, which is like which what they had to do against Houston. Well, that's my that's my thing. I think I think they might need to play the core that's thirty normal, plus minutes against Portland. Yeah. What do you uh, think it scares you the most about Portland? Because I I get the minutes. I it's really just the it's it's just the wear and tear on the Warrior guys. I think Dame and CJ and Port look Portland's not as good as the Warriors. But they do play hard and they do play as a team. And they're not gonna they're not gonna roll over. And my my biggest concern is essentially just the depth. Like I think the Warriors can will take them. I just don't want to see the Warriors worn down before they go against yeah. quite frankly, either yeah, East, Eastern Conference team is gonna be tough, right? So that that's basically what it comes down to for me. I don't want to see them worn down. Like Steph has a ankle thing and a finger thing. He's looked fine, it's but always it's a little tenuous. Clay's it's always tenuous with Steph. I mean, it is. It's just it's just uh, it's a wear and tear concern for me. Where KD is kind KD, of if KD was in the series, this um, would be like a... <sighs> oh, poor. Yeah, if KD was in the series, it's five, it's five games. I'll give him one. I'll give him one because one Dame's going to get. He's going to get one in Oakland. Ridiculously hot at least one game. <laughs> no, but like, you, you know what I'm saying? And I do do. I do think Warrior fans don't give Damon CJ enough credit because the Warriors have essentially owned them. They, they've got better every year. It's just been like, they're getting better has been gradual instead of like, well, okay. Breakout Dumb year. question here. You don't think the Blazers are better than the Rockets? Um, No. But I don't know if the Warriors had to go the full series without KD, how it looks. Like, I know that they are better on any given night. We still, man, would you, how would you feel about playing the Rockets with no KD, with having to go this many minutes for Iguodala every game of the series? Well, yeah, that I, but I think you? the Rockets are That's well, what, I think that's the Rockets are what I'm better, coming down I think the that's Rockets what I'm are down much to. better than the Blazers. So. I mean, they are better. I, I think I think that's not the concern because I think that it's it's – you play without KD, it kind of takes away the 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 Blazers are so much worse than the Rockets. Listen, the Bla- the Blazers should not have beat the Nuggets. Let, let's be clear here; they were not the better team, 
right? And they didn't have Nurkic, so are we are we sure they're not they're the, better, not the team? better team? They the Nuggets choked away Game Seven, and they choked away that four overtime game. The Nuggets were a better team, and they choked away because they're young. They're twenty two, right? And so they, in my opinion, the Nuggets were better. They're better in the regular season. They're better now. Yeah, I mean, you know, people people don't think they're young because Jokic has a dad bod. But he's years only old. Jamal Murray's like twenty two. Gary Harris is a kid. These guys are young kids. Millsap is old, but he's also not very good. But they choked away several games, and they should have won. They're up three two. Um, and I, if you, they barely scrapped by that Nuggets team. And here's the other thing: the Blazers also went seven games, and I think Dame was exhausted that game. This is a quick turnaround. And the Warriors win game one, which they should. I don't think – I think the Blazers, and if they win game two, then it's like, well, <laughs> I don't think it goes more than five, right? And that's up to the Warriors at that point. It's always up to the Warriors. It's up to the Warriors at that point. It's like, do you want to choke this series away and give away games like you did against the Clippers? Because what happens, right? <laughs> like, they get hurt. People get hurt. Things yeah, happen. And, and- that's what you were scared of. Just to be clear, my, my fear is – fatigue moving forward and i mean whoever they play out of the east is that series is cool well, it's, it's just someone they don't like they know portland i'm not saying portland can't get a game or two on them but like they know what they're dealing with here they don't really know milwaukee they don't really know toronto i mean toronto doesn't really even know toronto considering <laughs> how many moving pieces they have right um it's it just is what it is like oh it, it's God. a it's a wild card matchup right uh yeah that's true by the way i think the warriors beat the crap out of toronto i will save that for another day but uh i think milwaukee's the problem matchup there can we um i've never seen a shot like Kawhi's. i just want to talk about this for a minute that was that was insane i was uh playing a basketball game and we're watching the game on a sideline on a small on a small uh, phone on on like a cell phone (laughs) it was exactly what's happened on a cell phone and it, it goes up in the air and it bounced once two three four times and it goes in and then, like, 10 guys, you know, my team, we start screaming. And the ref looks at us like, dude, can you shut the fuck up? The guy's shooting a free throw. <laughs> and we're like, dude, Kawhi just ended the series. It was, it's phenomenal, man. Kobe-esque. It was, it was a pure Kobe game. Hit 38 shots. 38 shots. 39, I think, too. And it, was, it might have been 39, Oh, yeah, my goodness. Was, you're, oh. How many points? 41 or 40. It was one or the other. But, um, 40, 40 points. I mean, he wasn't particularly efficient. Um. By the way, Embiid crying may have just moved him up in my book. Like, <laughs> really? Yeah, because I, I mean, he that last play, he sold out so hard. He had a great contest. Like how Kawhi made that. Meanwhile, Ben Simmons just stood there. He's like, "Oh, Embiid, Embiid switched onto him. I'm just going to stand here." Um, kind of, you know, felt very uh, LeBron esque. <laughs> <laughs> I really love that you found a way to tie, tie back in the back. Well done, dude. Clutch, well, clutch sports defensive play. <laughs> don't don't even go for it on everyone. defense if you can't make the block. Oh, boy. Um, oh, boy. And um, I don't know. I felt for him. I I really enjoyed that one. It was it was ugly basketball. Um, the whole series had been kind of ugly, mostly because those guys hadn't had continuity the whole way through. But it was. I don't know, man. I just like seeing emotional, like guys playing hard, even if it is ugly. Yeah, it was great. I, I thought, uh, I thought the second round was great. I that Philly, t- Brett, Brett Brown's not fired. I don't know if you saw the news, um, but that that was that's an awesome, uh, that's an awesome series. Kawhi carried that team. If I were him, I would think like, you know, what does it matter if I stay here or not? Because I could probably play on the Clippers or the Lakers, and well, not the Lakers, but I could probably play on the Clippers and 
carry this team that same way. Like, what's the difference? Toronto didn't have anyone. They didn't have anyone that showed up. Um, they had a bunch of guys that were solid, but nobody that could – it was just his show. Maybe he likes that, though. Maybe Kawhi likes that. Maybe that's his thing. But uh, do you have time to go in the mailbag, by the way? We have 48, 48 minutes. We should do some of these. Yeah, let's do a couple of them. Um, let's start. Do you want to ask one or do you want me to uh, – You go first. Because I'm going to do a food corner. You know how Simmons and Rosilla has a gym corner? I'll do food corner by, uh, <laughs> by one of our favorite uh, mentions, Kev Gage. What is Andy's opinion on Panda? By the way, I want to get your opinion on this too okay. after. Sure. What is Andy's opinion on Panda Express? Because I don't know what Persian food, like what Americanized Persian food is. But what is Andy's opinion on we're Panda still, Express? We're still a generation or so away from Middle Eastern it's food not- getting fast food chains. Well, like we haven't, we, haven't um, we need another God, generation. Problematic. <laughs> Sam, I'm so sorry. I don't want to be problematic, but is halal guys Middle Eastern food? I don't even think I've had that. Okay, I don't know. It's, it's not like that's not full chain though. Um, it is. Yeah. It is, but um, oh god, it might be a. Uh, well, let's just not go down that road. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. The question: What is Andy's opinion? I'm so glad I wasn't. I wasn't. I was right there. <laughs> Andy's opinion on Panda Express because I f- personally find it to be garbage with an accent. Uh, he also says a friend also agreed to treat me to pho sometime over the summer. So he had never had pho before, but he's Chinese, which is a problem. Um, How have you not had pho before? That's just, I, dude, that's, I mean, maybe, maybe it's a San Francisco thing more. Um, I don't, think? I don't know how prevalent it is in other cities. I know uh, Kev friend of the show isn't um, in San Francisco. So, yeah, I, I can only speak to like I know it's very prevalent in San Francisco and LA. I don't know if it's yeah. prevalent in other cities. I, I it's it, it hasn't reached God. it hasn't reached like uh, takeout Chinese food level where you can find that yeah. in any city, regardless of That's how true. diverse the city it's, is or not. Some people still don't know what it is, right? They're still like right. kind of confused. Like, yeah, that's true. Well, Panda Express take. I don't mind it, to be completely honest. My mom actually had it for the first time a few months ago. <laughs> she loves it. She's straight from China, right? She <laughs> loves it. She thinks it's great. She's as fob as it gets. That, She's like, that's oh, hilarious. Express. It's amazing. Yeah. I, I honestly was like, really? Because like... You're expecting this, the not, opposite, right? You're expecting the, right. this isn't authentic, it's offensive, something like that. Sam, you know what it tells me? It tells me that we're, we're assholes. <laughs> I think it's like... I think it's people that are like that want to act like they're above stuff. And this exactly, is a big, exactly, a big Twitter thing. Exactly. I think that's it. We want to act like, if we want to act like we're above liking something that other people like, we're like, Oh, that's not authentic. That's not real. Blah, blah, blah. And our, my parents are just, at the end of the day, they're like, I'm like, I don't care. This is good food. This is cheap. This is like two blocks away from my house. I love it. That's the real Chinese way. <laughs> not the fact that the food is authentic or not. So, I don't mind it, man. I, and and so I, for her, same thing. I think uh, I think what's an interesting question is if you were you know Mexican is you know what do you think about Chipotle? So I think that's the same question there. Well, I, I kind of uh, so think, neither of those are my ethnicities. So, but I do uh, appreciate both um, <laughs> Chinese and Mexican. I mean, I just like all food. So um, <laughs> I, I feel like you have to go into it with the mindset of. I don't go to Panda Express thinking I'm going to get like the most authentic or yeah. um, even the, the best Chinese food. But I know yeah. exactly what I'm getting there. I'm happy with it because it's inexpensive and it tastes yeah. good for what I'm paying for. And that's kind of how you have to view those sort of places. Like you can't go into 
uh, Panda Express and compare it to, I don't know, your favorite local Chinese place, which is yeah. authentic yeah. and stuff like that. And so once you once you drop that like that qualifier of comparing it, that like you just have to compare it for its price point. People just get a little pretentious about these things. You yeah. Know what I mean? So it's like, it's like it's uh, in, go, in San Francisco, uh, especially. Oh God! Well, yeah, just the whole bear, got their yeah. favorite spot. Yeah, whole <laughs> That's that's how we are. It's like it's like I had um, I was eating at I think Din Tai Fung, which is I don't know if it's I think it's it was in SoCal. It's like you know one of my favorite dim sum dishes, like chicken feet, right? Which right. is like you'll never find that at like one of these nice like made for white people Chinese restaurants. Because like, dude, do you think these people want to eat chicken feet? Like nobody wants to look at a chicken feet. But if you look at you know if you go to like your your favorite dim sum spot, right. they'll have it there. So it's just two different kind of things. It's like nobody goes to Pan Express to get roast duck. They don't have it there because nobody wants. That's, that. that's not something you. <laughs> People that's want not something you, you you want done for cheap either. Like I don't know that I trust someone to give me. I trust <laughs> Ooh, someone to right. give me a four dollar right. uh, roast duck. Doesn't sound like a. That sounds like a good way to be sick. <laughs> not as not at Panda at least not at Panda. You really so no hello guys. All right, well we'll wait for another day for that one, Sam. We'll we'll get your. I know you got a million takes. <laughs> I know you just don't want to say them. Um, let's see if we wait, one more question then we can get out of here. Maybe maybe two if we got a good one. Yeah, one. Um, more. Do you have one or should I? Uh, there's an East question in here. I don't know what. Well, I, there's a there's one. a Game of Thrones um, one for you. Did Steph drive? Did Steph yeah, drive Daenerys that. mad after the Game Six performance? Do you think that's why? Um, uh, you really don't watch Game. Of I know it happened. Like, oh, God. But, By the way, when we talk about does your never mind. Um, in terms of pretentiousness, um, nothing more pretentious than Twitter Game of Thrones fans very disappointed in this Game of Thrones season because they feel like it's rushed. Which, to be fair, it is. And then you talk about Game of Thrones yeah. with people in real life at work, and they're like, "Oh my god, did you see Game of Thrones last night? It was amazing." My, my fantasy football dragons? thread is, you know, twelve guys in the league. Let's say nine or ten of them are big Game of Thrones fans, so I don't even have a choice. It's just yeah. like, you know, phone vibrates and I read it, and yeah, there's there's none of that um, that take elitism where like this is terrible, this this is. <laughs> They thought this was good writing, you know, that sort of thing. No, it's like, it's just like, oh, damn, did you see that? That type of thing. Yeah, it's, it's, they see the good in it. It's entertaining, right? I think they don't take it too seriously. This is why I kind of like the, um, I like the ringer and the way they do analysis because they do it in a fun way. Um, And it's like a bunch of no name guys, like, like our guy, Pablo Ugetti. It's like guys that nobody knows about, but they just like, like to find the fun in the analysis uh, in Game of Thrones, stuff like that. Our buddy Carter. From the chase down, put it best. Like I like the ringer because they will say they like things and like try to make it about that instead of here's why this thing you like is problematic and toxic. You know, it's like, well, bro, I I literally just want to watch Steph shoot. Uh, you know, I didn't realize when he pounds his chest, it's a it's a larger comment on the patriarchy. that sort of thing you know i don't i don't need that i don't need that it's not that big it's it's somehow a referendum on his uh on uh on society's whole um and arrogance but uh oh you know what before we get out of here uh predictions real quick real real quick what do you think warriors and how many i'm going six i think it's gonna 
I think everyone thinks they're going to repeat game six against Houston and we're going to get a couple letdown games. You know what, dude? I, you know what's <laughs> funny is I agree with you. <laughs> you know what's funny is I think they do it in six. I think they give two games away. I'm very confident that they win the series and I'm very confident that it's easy. But these Warriors, man, we've seen it so many times. They'll give a couple games away. They'll make it way more stressful than it should be. Um, and they'll win in six. Maybe they'll go six, 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 six this year. Maybe Just add twenty four games onto the body. Nice. Oh, God. Uh, yeah. Wait. Let me get All right, um, man. East East prediction from you too. Let's just do it for the sake of it. Ooh, ooh, yes. East predictions. Love this one. Um, I think Bucks in seven. I think Bucks find a way. I think Giannis uh, is the Damn. best player in that series. I think he should. I don't want to. Young LeBron. I young don't want to agree with you. I hate comparing him to LeBron because um, I mean LeBron's literally the best passer I've ever seen. And they're just different. Ty- like it's, yeah. it's, it's like, it's like when, hour when people compare players to Steph. I'm like, no, he's, I get like Dame copies a lot of Steph stuff, but it's like, they're not the the same level. It, it's, it's a different, no, he's not. a different type of player. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I won't go into a I really you think? don't want to agree with you, but I think bucks and seven also. Wow. That's, I mean, that's, that's a tough one. I, I think we both don't believe in either team that much, right? I feel more confident that the East one's going to go six plus than the West one. Oh, yeah. Like, if you asked me which series is going to go longer, I'm going to go East. Um, I think they're just a little more evenly matched. I think it's just, it's two teams with one player, like one true star player, and all the supporting cast guys, it's like hit or miss, man. Like, I have no idea of, like, Eric well, Bledsoe's I like to show up. No idea. I like them all, but yeah. yeah. Oh, Bledsoe versus Lowry. Lowry? It's yeah. like it's it's basically like a NFL matchup. You got like a you got like a strong safety oh, God, and a right. and a linebacker going at it or something. It's you're right. Kinda, it's kind of hilarious. Yeah, I mean, it's just I have no idea who's going to play well, and the only thing that I hope is I hope we get seven close games. I hope Giannis and Kawhi guard each other. I, I don't think they will, but I think I hope they go mano y mano and. So I want to see, man. That's the best. Uh, you about to get you about to get Siakam on Giannis for <laughs> at least six games. Yeah, Middleton on on Kawhi. You think like that's like that the shit we're gonna see? Yeah. All anyway, right. great stuff. All right, man. Oh, we'll be recording uh, live from next door next week. Ooh, that's right. What's that after game? Four. Five. Oh, four, four. Sorry. <laughs> Series clincher. Series clincher. <laughs>